Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie's helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My latest project, tree trimming for our phone lines into the radio show. I mean, any home improvement you need, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and the website is free to use. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What? We're in our post-sexy liberal save democracy. That's right. uh, pre-midterm patriotic fervor. Let's Halloween fervor, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Travis is dressed like Superman. Why? Because we have a super duper happy hour. Thanks yes, for asking. Do. Yes. DNC chair Jamie Harrison yeah. and Watergate prosecutor Jill Weinbanks. Yep. Yep. I feel like, right? Blue wave is coming. Justice is coming. I, it's five o'clock somewhere. Drink well, up. Lots of stuff is coming. coming. What? Lots of stuff is coming. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Are I'm, you circling your nipples? Yeah, again? I am circling my own nipples with justice, and I'm being happy, clappy about the midterms. Get out there and We're vote, doing it. vote, vote. Uh, Chairman Harrison on fire mm-hmm. on this happy hour, and Jill Weinbanks uh, talking some justice talk. Get it. Go get it. Get your face up in this happy. Hour. OMG, I am so excited about our new sponsor, Cook Unity. These are ready-cooked meals. You want to know my first six? Grilled mahi-mahi with oyster mushrooms and steamed rice. <gasps> Vegan rigatoni pesto. Four cheese ravioli with cherry tomatoes and spinach. Hang on. Climate-friendly chickpea and quinoa bowl. Classic salad nishwa. Lemon-baked tilapia. I don't have time to cook. These, you just pop them in the microwave. Bam, you're done. Go to cookunity.com liberal. You will not believe the quality and the, the, the quantity of different of choices that you have whatever you need vegan paleo pescatarian gluten-free whatever you love they have a delicious dish cook unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week and it's cheaper than other delivery options so delicious and no cooking required i love that on work nights for me go to cookunity.com liberal or enter the code liberal before checkout for 50 percent off your first week that's 50 percent off your first week by using the code liberal or going to cookunity.com liberal Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Star of stage, uh, screen, TV, and of course, Chicago Sexy Liberal. Oh my God. Good morning, Jill Weinbanks. Good morning. Good morning. It's so worth getting up to hear that tune. I love it. <laughs> it's yeah, impossible. It's really... and, and I got to say, that juror 
is not a prospective juror anymore, right? Yeah, probably <laughs> that not. Juror was excused, <laughs> right? For right. sure. Yeah. Um, can I? All right. So first of all, let me just. There's so much going on, but I want to get your take. Andrew Weissman tweeted, uh, "What does it mean? DOJ is compelling Cash Patel to testify. It means DOJ is conferring immunity on him, which means he can't take the fifth. But his testimony um, and leads cannot be used against him. So DOJ has determined it cannot make a criminal case against him, but wants his testimony." Um, Lawrence Tribe said, once DOJ grants Cash Patel immunity, his Fifth Amendment rights against compelled self-incrimination will evaporate. He will then be forced to tell the truth about Trump's role in the Mar-a-Lago crimes against America's national security. The jig will be up. I was a little confused by those two different tweets. Can you give us your take on the Cash Patel testimony? Okay, so I'm not sure what you saw as inconsistent. Um, There's two kinds of immunity, and one is for use immunity, which means that you can be forced to testify, but that cannot be used against you. And in fact, it's a harder burden than just that you can't use it. The prosecution would have to prove that nothing in the trial against you came from the fruit of that testimony. Okay. So that it's it's a pretty hard burden to meet to say, I never discovered a lead from that. The other is transactional immunity, which means that if you testify about transaction A, uh, the disruption of January 6th confirmation of the vote, you can never be prosecuted for anything to do with that, even if it's with evidence outside of that. So assuming that he gets use immunity, it means that he still could be prosecuted, but he just can't be prosecuted using his own words against him. He can be prosecuted for anything they can show. We knew this before you testified. Here's the evidence we had. We got it from the grand jury on a date that precedes your testimony, um, et cetera. So he still can be prosecuted even if he gets immunity. Okay. All right. Interesting. Thank you. So let's talk. Now, you tweeted about uh, Eastman. You said judge orders more Eastman emails released, citing fraud pushed by Trump. You can lie to the public, but not in court. Trump and Eastman caught lying. Will true Trumpers uh, ever learn? I mean, this has been happening consistently, right? What they say on the courtroom steps or on TV, they can't say in court, right? Exactly. Um, and, it, of course, the answer to my question about will they ever learn, uh, I would say that my Twitter followers resoundingly said, no, they will never learn. Right. They will keep on lying outside of court. And the Trump cult will keep on believing every lie that they tell. So... That's where we're at in this country is facts don't really matter to Trump supporters. They will accept anything. It's yeah. quite amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's an ugly situation where reality has left the the, the stage, yeah. so to speak. So your other tweet was special master tells Trump lawyers to provide the beef as to why documents are privileged and notes they can't be privileged and personal at the same time. Uh, good analysis. So where are we on the on the document case? We're still in their delaying and defying, but it's mostly a delay tactic. I believe that the special master has shown that he's going to make a impartial, neutral judgment as to what is and what isn't within privilege. And they can't just say it's privileged, they have to show why it would be privileged. And they're they're taking the position of they can't be forced to answer. And he said, well, yeah, if you don't answer, 
then I will assume that there is no answer and it won't be viewed as privileged. So the crime fraud exception is one that no matter what they say, if a communication is in furtherance of committing a crime, then it doesn't count as privileged and you get to get it. I mean, that goes back to probably forever, but certainly the first I was aware of it was during Watergate when the court, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you know, the privilege is not absolute. The privilege gets waived when it's in part of a crime. It gets waived when the national interest outweighs the privilege interest so that in this case, there's no way to get the information except by having this testimony revealed. So therefore, it's not privileged. Right. Um, Speaking of having to swat down lies, partisan Democrats were not the ones who referred Trump to the Justice Department for taking documents from the White House. The National Archives said in a statement uh, they uh, they said at no time and under no circumstances were narrow officials pressured or influenced by committee Democrats or anyone else. Um, It it just this is what this is a long. I mean, the stuff that Trump puts out on his whatever it is. Right. Truth sent whatever I actually have forgotten the name of it. What's the actual name? Truth Social. Okay. Social. I mean, it's just a, a steady stream of lies, right? Yes, it is. And it's the danger of it is that people are believing his lies and acting on his lies. So he may be motivating really dangerous conduct as a result of these lies. It's, it's shameful and yet the first amendment allows it to happen and we can't shut it down so there you go we're going to have this happening and i think it's maybe one of the most crucial issues facing our country now is how do we get truth to be something that matters how do we get people to learn how to evaluate what is true and what isn't illinois my state has just adopted a course basically teaching students how to evaluate what they're reading and how to determine if something is reliable or not. That's, you know, we shouldn't be in a situation where that's true, but it's necessary now, isn't it? I mean, you have a president who should be believed. I mean, I respect the president, or I used to, anyway. I was brought up to respect the president, regardless of what party the president was from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't anymore because I see in front of me blatant lies. And the reason they don't do it in court papers is because the lawyers who file it and the plaintiff who, or defendant, it could be a defendant, who does it, go to jail for that. They get fined. They get disbarred. So that's why it's not happening in court papers. It's only happening in the public domain. So let's uh, go back. The let's go back to January sixth. The reporting this morning. Uh, the former president saw a chance for a live televised spectacle. His advisor saw a fast track to perjury charges almost immediately <laughs> after J six committee announced it will subpoena Trump. Uh, he began telling people close to him he would love to testify if he got to do it on live television, even if the idea sent Trump's advisors scrambling to convince him it would be a disaster. Absolutely effing not. One of Trump's advisors on legal matters uh, told Rolling Stone, summarizing the advice they gave Trump. Uh, the advisors cautioned Trump that me- committee members would mine his testimony for potential perjury charges, particularly given Trump's penchant for lying. Um, so wh- what do you think is going to happen here? Well, there's obviously a, um, a a conflict between two interests. One is getting his story out in prime time and being able to dominate the stage. And the fact that he would be under oath 
And so that anything he says, we're back to that issue again, which is anything he says under oath is perjury uh, eligible anyway. If he lies, he can be subjected to perjury. If he tells the newspaper or if he tells so Truth Social a lie, well, so what? It's just a lie. It isn't something that he goes to jail for. Um, the last thing I heard was one of his many um, OAN or, you know, I think it was OAN lawyers, um, said, oh, yes, he's going to testify. He has nothing to hide. And uh, I can't remember her name. Um, it was Alina Haba. Alina Haba, exactly. I was going to say it was an, I thought it was an A or a B. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Alina Haba. Um, and I, I don't think that that's true because, one, I think that the committee would be able to control him. He's not going to just be able to get up there and spew an hour's worth of lies. He's going to have to answer specific questions or take the fifth. Yeah. And I can't imagine him doing that in public. And so I, I, I don't think it'll happen. But that is the latest that I've heard is, oh, yes, he has nothing to hide. He's going to testify. Um, Hope, so Hope Hicks uh, sat yesterday, was mm -hmm. it, for the J6 committee? Yeah. I mean, it is hard to tell what's going on, whether it's her or Kash Patel, right? Is it, are they telling the truth? Are they taking the fifth? You know, what do you think? Um, it's impossible to know. I mean, if there's immunity, they don't, as you pointed out, they can't take the fifth anymore. That's the end of the fifth. Um, I, for some reason, you know, her, her relationship Hope Hicks' relationship to Donald Trump and her departure from his world makes me think that maybe he will tell the truth. Cash Patel, I don't know. I mean, he was there on January 6th. He was doing, I think, bad stuff at the pe Pentagon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other person who's, you know, we haven't heard much about is Chris Miller. And I yeah. keep wanting to know what's happening to cash you know to uh, chris miller yeah. and has he testified he he would be such an interesting witness um well, i he... interviewed him for igen politics oh, okay and i have to say it's it's an amazing interview with a person he almost walked off the show when wow. my colleague victor she yeah. who uh -huh. was at the time i think 19 right asked him a question he almost like fled the scene and um i talked him down off the ledge he stayed but he really he was there he what knows what the, happened what was the question because this is the he's it, the one that turned uh, down the secret service request for uh national guard was it 14 times exactly yeah and that's what we were talking about was okay. you know his conversations with trump his willingness to dispatch troops and he thought it was a gotcha moment. And it was it was like a simple, you know, please tell me what happened kind of question. It was not a gotcha moment. Yeah. So And Victor I, Victor it, was at Sexy Liberal LA Saturday and I can tell he you was, he's he cuddly. Was. He is cuddly. We got yes. to meet finally. He's cuddly. He is not scary. He's, he's he is so smart. He's he's a wonderful, amazing person. And you were so sexy. Oh, oh my god, the oh. pictures of you, it oh. was wonderful. No, oh. your skirt was not too short. Oh, thank you, yes, Jill Weinbanks. No, it was not. That consensus is no, and Jill has settled it. Thank you very much. Jill Absolutely. <laughs> let real quick, the uh this the latest Secret Service uh reporting that uh, you know, they uh shocking knowledge of january 6th threats well before the attack new documents 
um, show that they um, failed to notify the Capitol Police for over an hour of an assassination plot against Chuck Schumer. Um, what I, I just am curious what you know, how, what do you think is going to happen in regards to the Secret Service? Well, I think it depends on what happens in November. If the Democrats hold the House, then I think there is a good chance that there will be a full investigation of the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. There needs to be some serious looking at the Secret Service. They have really made me question how much we can rely on them to protect the President of the United States, that their politics won't get in the way. It seems to me they should have no politics that have any influence on this at all. Um, And I, you know, that's how it used to be. But it's obvious now that they are not acting in the best interests of the country yeah. and in doing their job, which is to protect the yes. Something president that, and everybody around him. Right. Something we always assumed was nonpartisan. The other thing is just the judiciary in general. I wanted to just get your take on that before we go. That you know, I said this to Glenn Kirshner, is I, I feel like that's the saddest thing is just this like partisanship that has infected the entire judiciary, whether it's Clarence Thomas helping Lindsey Graham not have to testify in Georgia. Um, This one, Steve Bannon said Dr. Anthony Fauci's entire family is going to suffer and be hunted after the midterms. Uh, Last year, Bannon said Fauci's head should be placed on a pike outside the White House. Um, Fauci has just hired security guards. I mean, they are in advance saying we are going to try to weaponize the justice system in the United States against our enemies, right? Absolutely. And I can only imagine if they get control of the Congress, what kind of investigations are going to happen. There will be no factual predicate. There will be no reasonable basis for doing it. But there will be impeachment proceedings brought against uh, the president for sure, and maybe against the liberal justices who are voting to protect the rights that we have all come to know and love and expect to continue, even though they are at risk. Um, It it will be a do-nothing Congress in terms of protecting the rights of people. It will be really ugly. So November, there's a lot at stake. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's like, that's what's sad is we have to go, oh, is this a Trump-appointed judge or, you know, because it's like... (laughs) playing whack-a-mole with whether you're going to get a fair ruling or not, depending on, you know, there's just an assumption that judges are partisan now all the way up to the Supreme Court. Yes, and, and, and it certainly is. I mean, the fact that there hasn't been recusal in any case, including the Lindsey Graham case, yeah. um, that Thomas absolutely has no right to be making decisions on. And should be recusing. I don't know how he can keep getting away with it. Uh, That's one of the other things that hopefully a Democratic Congress would take up, and that is to somehow impose on the Supreme Court some code of conduct that is enforceable. Right now, they don't have it. Um, And there's nothing that can be done even by the Chief Justice. He has no power to do anything. Yep. The only thing that can be done is for you to buy a ticket to Sexy Liberal pay-per-view as Jill Weinbanks has uh, has urged you. And also, my dress is not too short. Jill yeah, Weinbanks is. Uh, is the judge in this case and has settled the matter. Thank you, Jill Weinbanks. You <laughs> and are the- I know something about short skirts and publicity. Yes, Thank you, you Watergate girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> there she goes. Jill Weinbanks. She settled it. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I thought we would play a quick game of compare and contrast. This would be the awful, awful human that runs the Republican National Committee. Okay. I believe making fun of um, a stroke victim and... Uh, Someone with a stutter. President, on uh, yes, show. who has overcome a stutter. Yes, uh-huh. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and John Fetterman are going to quote campaign together today. I think this is an effort to show that the president is on the campaign trail and the vice president is on it. And they, no one wants them except a doomed campaign. But I do not underestimate what the triple toxicity politically of those three can do. I hope there are cameras and microphones because you put those three together and they could say anything, Ronna. Well, maybe they can get a full sentence out. I, um, I think John Fetterman uh, drew the short straw on that one, right? I think all yes. the candidates got together and said, which one of us has to campaign with Biden? And yes. He, he said, I'm, I've lost, so bring him up here. I'm done. I'm toast. I'll put I some know, butter on so. it. Uh, so Biden said, between the two of us, we may be able to finish a full sentence. Mm, mm, that's funny. Um, have we said it before? The cruelty is the point. Um, and now the fine American who is the head of the Democratic National Committee, Chairman uh, Jamie Harrison. Good morning, Chairman. Good morning, Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you for me for having me. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about a party that that's the, the head of their party that is mocking yeah. a stroke victim. I, I just I don't know what to say anymore about just the, the level of these candidates and these spokespeople for the Republican Party. Well, well, listen, you know, Rana has so many challenges. Uh, you, you know, uh, she's never met truth. I don't think has ever escaped her lips. Um, she uh, <laughs> she testified in front of the January 6th committee to say that her committee that she chairs well, was intimately involved in terms of trying to overturn our election. That's sad. There's mm-hmm. no bottom for the Republican Party, and she embodies that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as we say in the South, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> the worst swipe you can have uh-huh. in the South. <laughs> but you just echoed what the president just said. Uh, the economy just beat expectations again today, growing by 2.6% in the last quarter. 10 million jobs added. Unemployment matching a 50-year low. American manufacturing booming. Um, that's what leadership look, looks like. You're joining the president and vice president tonight in Philadelphia. You've been on a bus tour. What, I mean... Just in general, what are you seeing, feeling, uh, hearing? We're, you know, just like a little 10 days out, right? Yeah. So we started our bus tour last week, Stephanie, in Florida, Jacksonville. I was with Charlie Chris, went to Atlanta, then went to North Carolina, had an amazing time with Sherry Beasley, Dave Matthews, 
then uh, stopped in Virginia, then Maryland, where we were with Wes Moore, the next governor from the great state of Maryland. Uh, then we went to Delaware yesterday, and today we are in Philadelphia. Uh, I can tell you, the energy on the ground is amazing. Yeah. People are fired up. They're ready to go. Uh, they're, they're ready to make sure that Democrats win. Uh, and so I feel really good. There's nothing like actually being on the ground to see people. And to, I mean, I even yeah. did some phone calls in Delaware yesterday at the, at the Democratic Party office telling people to vote early. And folks that I talked to are really excited about the, the prospect. Did they first I mean, think it's a prank call? They're like, no, it's not. Jamie <laughs> <Harrison>. <laughs> well, the, the first woman I called, she said, uh, I said, uh, this is Jamie Harrison, chair of the DNC. She said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> it is. Now, fired up, ready to go. Did you just make that up? Because that's a good slogan. Um, we've... No, no, no. We, we've been using that one for a long time. <laughs> President, it, it always does feel like wind at your back when President Obama gets involved, doesn't it? I mean, he just, he's just, can I just say magic? He's just a little bit of magic. But he's out he, he there. Really right? he, he's out there a lot. Uh, I think he's going to be in Georgia either today uh, or uh, sometime this weekend. Uh, he's already been out in Wisconsin. Uh, he did something in Michigan. Uh, hopefully, he'll uh, Nevada. He'll be here in Pennsylvania soon too. So, I mean, he's he's all out there, and it's good to have him on the trail because you know he's one of the best. You know, I, I have to say, you must be, I guess, thrilled, but also puzzled as a campaign guy. That they would come out and say we're going to destroy your Social Security and Medicare. I mean, you tweeted Republicans keep doubling and tripling down on their extreme plan to cut Social Security and Medicare, even if it, if it risks wiping out millions of jobs and millions of dollars in wealth. But, I mean, what else can you say? But thank you. Thanks for mentioning this right before the well, midterms. And, and, I, and what I, I say to the American people is take these threats seriously. Take them seriously. Don't say... You know, many times we, we like to dismiss and say, oh, you know, people are just political rhetoric. You know, for 50 years, the Republican Party said that they were going to get rid of Roe. Thank you. And they were all bent on doing it. And guess what? They did it. And so you have to take them for, for their word. Uh, they want to, you know, raise taxes on working people. Uh, that's part of Rick Scott's plan. They want to they want to destroy Social Security and Medicare. Kevin McCarthy has even doubled down on saying that they're going to use that. They're going to use a debt ceiling if they take control of the House. Yeah, they're going to use that debt ceiling debate as a way to fundamentally restructure, which means kill Social Security and Medicare. So, folks, take this stuff seriously, yeah. uh, because not only will your freedoms depend on this ele election, but your livelihoods as well. Well, and you are speaking of thank you. You said an economist from the conservative American Enterprise Institute agrees Republicans are running on a plan that would do nothing to tackle inflation or lower costs for American families. In fact, they voted against every single thing that we've tried to do from price gouging at the pump uh, to inflation. Um, and that's what you, you said. Want to know what the GOP economic plan is? POTUS will tell you raising prescription drug costs, blowing up the deficit, gutting Social Security, and Medicare, threatening a credit default. I mean, I, I, I just, I keep, I keep saying to you, but I'm like, I don't even know in what world this is close. No, no. Well, and you saw the disaster that happened overseas in the UK. Uh, yes. And they were saying when that new prime minister came on, they said uh, early on, they said, this is what Republicans are going to do if they take control of, of right. Congress. This type of plan. It was a disaster. It tanked I know. the economy in the UK. And if folks want to play around and it, listen, you don't even have to take my word for it. Look at history. 
when Democrats are in charge, the economy does better. Right. Point blank. It is not hyperbole. It's just plain facts. Yeah. Republicans are a disaster because they believe in trickle down when we believe in lifting people up, bottom up, middle out. And that is the economy that Joe Biden's building right now. Uh, 10 million new jobs, 2.6% uh, 2, 2. growth in GDP, lowest unemployment in 50 years. Folks, uh, Joe Biden is a real deal and he's getting things done. He just needs more help, more yeah. help in the United States Senate, more help in the House of Representatives. And if you give that to him, there's so much more that we can do. Yeah. Um, you uh, you retweeted South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster just said he supports a statewide constitutional ban on gay marriage, that a marriage ought to be between a man and a woman, in case you're wondering where the Republican Party is in 2022. And you just said leadership from the 1950s. I mean, I it's you know, you've got the Lauren Boberts of the world out there saying, like, women are the lesser vessel. I mean, it's I, it really does feel like at least the 1950s. Right. It does. And, and this is why, Stephanie. You know, I knew that these were unprecedented times. And when I became the chair of the DNC, I knew that we had to take unprecedented actions. And that is why we have put 70 plus million dollars on the ground this cycle. Now, give people comparison. We spent 30 million dollars in 2018, 70 plus million dollars. And you saw what the president and I just uh, we transferred more money to the DSCC and the DCCC uh, where we're up. The north of $20 million in terms of uh, money to those committees. The record before that was, I think, like 12 or uh, $13 million. Because we know that we have to do everything that we can to, to compete and to have our candidates win. And so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I'm not spending a whole lot of money on, on TV. The candidates do that. The DS and the DCCC and the DGA. Yeah. What we are spending money on is the fundamental thing of how you win close races. It's not more TV ads. It's boots on the ground. People calling, people touching yeah. voters and getting them out. And that's what we were missing in 2020 yeah. in terms of close house races. We didn't have boots on the ground because of COVID. Yeah. And I was, I'm was i hell-bent on making sure that we have the capacity on the ground to win these close races, yeah. which I think all of these races are going to be. And TV ads aren't going to do that. It's about touching the yeah. voters pulling them out of their houses so that they go to the polls. Yeah. That's the most important thing we can do. Yeah. I say every day here, uh, don't pay attention to the polls, and then I cite a poll that's, that looks good for us. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works. But, I mean, the early numbers, early voting, the early data, female turnout, I've been saying for a long time I think there's going to be a pink tsunami. I do not yeah. buy any pundit that says, oh, Roe doesn't matter, now it's faded. No, I, I Stephanie, I think you're right on point. I actually believe, particularly in the South, that many times you see the phenomenon that many women would vote with their husbands who tend to be much more conservative. But I think that there are going to be a lot of, oh, yeah, honey, that's who I'm voting for. Sure. And then when you go to those polls, doop, uh, you remember those pictures of uh, uh, Donald Trump and Melania, and he's like peering over her shoulder to see who she actually votes for? Yeah, she voted for uh, Biden, yeah. Yeah, I think she probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 honey, I'm voting for the guy that's taking my rights away. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I thought John Fetterman is so courageous and so fantastic. And I, you know, I thought the biggest headline of that debate was Dr. Oz saying a woman's right to choose should be between her, her doctor, and a local politician. <laughs> I mean. Listen, Stephanie, I know some of the local uh knuckleheads in the legislature in South Carolina. 
I sure as hell wouldn't want them in the doctor's office with me. I Hell, I don't even want them in my legislature. So, uh, worst of all, deciding things about my health. And and I'm, no woman wants that to happen. It should be between a woman and her doctor uh, and her God. And that's and that's really where it is. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, Dr. Oz sh- has demonstrated how extreme he is. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and sad. But, you know, Fetterman's going to win this race. Yeah. Fetterman is going to win this race. Yeah. And, and as he says, he's going to be much better by January. Dr. Oz is still going to be a fraud. And I just, you know, um, I hate to inflict this on you, but you did tweet that your home state of South Carolina, you're blessed with a special kind of lunacy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Some of I your right wing politicians. Mm-hmm. I just, I, 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 I don't know if you saw this with Lindsey Graham and Herschel Walker. I just thought. I this was the most disgustingly racist moment. Him just pointing and at Herschel Walker, who's saying nothing, saying black, black, black. He's black. Every young kid, black kid's going to want to be Republican. I, I just, I, am, I, I find myself on, uh, uh, still amazed at the ability to be appalled <laughs> at how openly racist they are. Uh, you know, Lindsey is just simply unhinged Mm -hmm. and he embodies the fact that there is no longer a bottom in in terms of the Republican Party. Uh, You know, there's no base there. He's just simply unhinged and it's scary and it's sad. It really is sad because Lindsey was somebody who I respected at one point. Um, But now this guy is just out there and it's all about power to him, uh, Stephanie. It's all about power not about the issues it's not about policy it's about power and control and he just wants to be relevant yeah uh, and, and if republicans take back the senate he gets to be relevant again and he can spout all of this craziness um it's sad for the state of south carolina yeah. we got all of these knuckleheads running the government because you got a lot of good people in the state and yeah. they deserve yeah um chairman i don't know if we're going to talk to you before the midterm so give us our marching orders i mean people that are uh, worried about intimidation at the polls about voter suppression about being their vote not being counted by being thrown off the rolls um give us our marching orders from today the most important thing folks make sure you have a plan to vote go vote early in your state if you can and if you have any issues or if you just need more information about voting in your in your town or your city or your state Go to IWillVote.com. IWillVote.com. We have a hotline there. We have lawyers ready 24 hours a day, ready to take your calls if you run into any problems or issues. The vice president and I put $25 million into our I Will Vote initiative to make sure that we have the resources to, to make sure that your votes and your voices are heard unencumbered. So don't let Republicans intimidate you. Don't let them do all the things that they want to keep you away from the, the ballot box. You go, you exercise your right to vote. You see anything fishy, give us a call. Okay. Go to IWillVote.com and we will be right on it. All right. Thank you, Chairman. When you, From those of us out here in California who don't watch any polls, could you please tell uh, Vice President Harris that we're so proud of her and congratulations on the poll showing her beating Donald Trump by 15 points if the election were held today? <laughs> mm. Thanks so much, Chairman. Thank you. <laughs> see, Thank you. See, you. see you next time. Vote, vote, Bye-bye. vote. You heard him. I will vote.com. <laughs> <laughs>